Petersfield's Shine Radio. The Talking Books Cafe with Susie Wilde and Tim O'Kelly. Welcome to the very first edition of Talking Books Cafe, where every two weeks Tim and I will be chatting in, because it's lockdown, an empty cafe today. Um, but Tim, how has the lockdown been going? Well, it's been interesting, actually. Um, it's also been quite a challenge with the door shut and the door, you know, no one allowed into the, into the building. We've actually done quite a lot of um, deliveries to, to all over the place. I delivered to, um, to Liphook the other day. Uh, a lot of queuing in the post office with piles of books to go out all over the place. Did you, let me just interrupt. Did you cycle to Liphook? Indeed, yes. Good grief. Yeah. Um, with with my electric bike, of course, makes it easy. But but I and been just been around around Petersfield and the villages, um, which has been which has been great. The weather's been not too bad, so it's it's been okay. It's been fine. And we've had lots of people coming in, ordering over the phone or ordering online, and coming to collect their books at the door. Um, so you know, it's not it's not it's not what it normally is, but it's been okay. So do, has it been easier? Do you think this second lockdown, people were sort of aware of what service you were going to provide? I think so. I think I think um, it's also easier. I think knowing that it's all going to be over in 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 four, in a four weeks, so people feel that they can. It, it, it's it's not quite as oppressive as as what the first time around, where we didn't know how long it was going to be, and also at that time, of course, it was daily getting worse, and and bodies were piling up, and it was really horrendous. Whereas this time, I think people know what to expect. They know what's coming. They that were was psychologically a bit better prepared for it, I think. Yeah, I think the first one was definitely more like a John Wyndham, wasn't it? I expect to see a triffid waving from a garden or something, but, yeah, this time it's better. Um, right, so let's talk a bit about the format. So what I'm thinking, this is evolving, listeners. Um, the reason why we're doing it at all is that several of you said it's an awful long wait, a whole month, to hear more recommendations and so on. But what we're actually wanting to do is have little bite-sized chunks of things that are fun. So instead of only books, I want to talk to Tim about film or TV or stuff like that. And then, um, you know, just literally in bits. And then we'll have music from Shine Radio. And then so you can grab a cuppa and a biscuit and, and join us. So if you hear clanking, that's actually us having a really lovely cup of Darjeeling. Or, or a loud slurp. Yeah. Or indeed a loud slurp. <laughs> so, Tim, let's get cracking. Let's, um, we talked a little bit about TV just before I started recording. So do you want to say what you've been watching? Yes, well, I, I um, have really enjoyed the, the, that latest series on, on BBC4 that the, called DNA, which is a... Uh, a drama, an eight, eight, ten-part drama or something, uh, which is partly set in Poland, partly set in France, and mainly set in in Belgium. Um, but it's it's multilingual with subtitles, including English. Um, but it it was a very good crime um, sort of whodunit, which was uh, very very satisfying. Is it DNA, still on iPlayer or? I, well, it was up until a, couple, a week or so ago so hopefully okay, it still I must is. look I just but, missed that completely yeah, no, it's really good those those BBC4 series on Saturday evening where mm. they show two episodes each week yeah yeah so you have to wait to catch up um, so I really enjoyed that um, 
Watching a bit of The Crown. I mean, who doesn't love The Crown? That's, uh... I don't think this... Well, not this one, but the last series with Olivia Colman as the Queen. I didn't rate as highly as the first. No. I was reading somewhere that the first two episodes are some of the best television in, in, in British history. I mean, they're really Good fantastic, grief. the first couple of episodes. I think I've still been very enjoyable, um, and it's still great fun, but it's not quite there, up there. And I think as it gets to, you know... Um, people's memory of what of actually what actually actually happened in the, the whole um, Diana and Charles stuff, um, it get, has less impact than the at the beginning where it's before all our lifetimes. So it's you know the very beginning of uh, of the Queen's reign um, when you know unless you unless you're very old you weren't around for it. So um, yeah, so it, it, it's less less less. I don't know, newsworthy, I suppose you could say, because we kind of know what's about to happen. There's a danger of it, it becoming a little bit almost of a parody of itself because because uh, we know what the real people look like and these people aren't the real people. So I think there's a danger of um, impression and... Impression. I was going to say impressionistic. Yes. Um, sounds like mean, painting, yeah. but you know what I mean. It's yeah. if an impressionist is being Mrs. Thatcher. Yes. And so on. Yes. Um, yes. There's a touch of the, of the Mike Yarwoods about it a bit. <laughs> you know, that dates me, doesn't it? I, uh, well, I'm glad you chose him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I, I I I still enjoy it, of course. I mean, it's still it's still good fun, and um, and and I know that it must be quite tough if you if you are one of those characters portrayed on screen. Um, I do feel a bit for for people like um, Prince Charles, uh, yes. but you know that it is it is it's not meant to be true. It, it is fictionalised. It is a drama. It's a drama. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. No, I agree with you completely, um, and I look forward to the rest of that. But apparently, the eighties have become quite a thing for people who precisely weren't born then. I mean, this is horrendous yeah. to me that some people. People have nostalgia for 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 uh, Maggie Thatcher and um, (laughs) shoulder pads and all the all the and big hair and all the other. Did you have big hair? I didn't have big hair. All (laughs) nor did I have any shoulder shoulder pads. But it's it's it's, uh, yes, all the all the fashion crimes of the eighties. Like everything else, it just comes around full circle, doesn't it? Um, oh hideous I had what was known as a Pompey perm though I wasn't living in Portsmouth I had escaped but everybody had that dreadful sort of Farrar Fawcett Major or something hair and I did that as well I mean it is it is a crime against style (laughs) it's hilarious crime against good taste but I going back to the point about the the crown being um uh, fiction and um and say, well, that didn't actually happen that way. Mm. And of course, that's that's how fiction works. It tries to, to, to give a picture of of what actually happening without without being without precisely following the A B C D of um, of narrative history, which you can't do anyway, really. No, yeah. uh, absolutely. And I think you know, I do a lot of editing, obviously, of my own work, but also on behalf of other people. And I have come to the conclusion that editing is hugely the reordering of the material that you've just splurged onto a page and the best reordering of the books that really grip you and you are yeah. suspenseful yeah. in a good way. And you have to, I mean, you have to t- make it into a story t- because you have, to, you have to keep people involved in the narrative. So you can't just blurt out the, the straight historical... Uh, historically accurate bits because it wouldn't it wouldn't make good tv yeah absolutely (laughs) so now i'm a sucker particularly during this lockdown time for pretending that everything is as normal as possible so though i don't 
tend to watch much reality TV, though I have been addicted to Strictly through just about every season. Um, this year, I'm finding I'm watching MasterChef Professionals, loads of... You're curling your upper lip. No, 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 I'm not... <laughs> I'm not. There's, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a bake-off going on in my house, but I'm not. I'm, I have to say, I really, my, my, uh, my cup of tea or slice of cake. I can appreciate that, it, that it's good fun, and so there's a lot of enthusiasm for it going on around me. Um, the celebrity, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. That's that's uh, that's going on in our house as well. Although again, I'm I dip in and come in and see people doing awful things. I haven't seen that uh, this season. It's in <laughs> Wales, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, in a castle in Wales with. Uh, with that, still with Anton Deck, but it's um, yeah, and and, the, and also a range of celebrities, none of whom is there, no one's ever heard of. Uh, although <laughs> apart from Mo, Mo, Mo of course, oh, Mo yeah. but um, but yeah, no, it, it's it's all good fun. And the other one that everyone seems to be watching at the moment is is Taskmaster, that where they get um, they get funny people to do funny things, and it is quite it is actually very funny, I think. Oh, but, um, is it? Yeah. You see, that's where I got a bit sneery about that. So no. perhaps I should give no, that give a it a go, give it a go. Oh, well, good stuff. <laughs> Okay, Susie, um, any good box sets or series that you can recommend to us? Uh, Because Richard and I sailed for five years, we missed a shed load of television. So that's been wonderful for us. We've caught up with Spooks, um, which I've completely loved. I haven't finished it yet, by any means. I think we're only on series three, but that's fabulous. And we loved Life on Mars. So last night, and we could see it has flaws, but it was good-humoured and um, and quite engaging in its way. So last night we watched, watched the first episode of Ashes to Ashes, which is the same kind of construct, so it still has Philip Glenister. But again, it's like it's, it's taking all the things like market research or something, say, oh, yes, women fancied Philip Glenister. Who knew? Men will love Keely Hawes, so let's put her in. And on and on it went. And Rich and I looked at each other and just thought, what is this? So we won't be exploring that. Well, funny enough, I think I had the same experience. Not, not for the same reasons, but I enjoyed Life on Mars. And then I did watch the first episode of ashes ashes to ashes and and didn't get didn't really get enthused but maybe it gets better afterwards because people do rate it so oh maybe, do they well yeah, that's what i was maybe going to it's ask worth, you maybe okay. it's worth i never went on with it but maybe it, it is worth going on with um so you should talk about spooks because uh, I'll, and i'll come back to this later when we talk about books later but there's a there's a there's a connection there uh, so we'll do that later um a series that i i sort of caught up a bit with uh, i actually watched it really the first time round was west wing uh, the American series uh, about a sort of a sort of uh, an American president, um, but it's the 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 back office behind him, um, and it's a fabulous series. If you haven't seen it, no, I, think I haven't. It went through about I think about ten seasons or eight seasons or something. It was hugely popular. Um, quite an optimistic view of the world, uh, but uh, it still makes great watching. And it's of course written by the and produced by the great Aaron Sorkin, who is the master of. Oh. TV dialogue, I think, really mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. brilliant. So I would anyone who hasn't seen that, that's that's a, a great treat for you in store. So if you're listening and you don't know what Sorkin did, I'm going to put you on the spot, Tim, because I go yes, yes, and I know. Was it Star Trek? No, I don't think so. No, he just. What he, did he do? Because that well, name is so familiar well, to me. Uh, mainly through West Wing. I mean, because it went through, on. It was on telly for I don't know a dozen years or something. Uh, and it was. Oh, hu- no, that was Rosenberg. Pop- hugely popular. Yeah. Um, he did other things. He did, he did he the network. He did. Um, uh, he's done. A f- he'd have done a few films as well. 
Um, but he is he is brilliant at that, at, uh, at dialogue, and um, so it makes for great TV. Wonderful. We'll catch up with that. I love comedy, and again, particularly at the moment, I'm finding that I need jollying along a bit. Um, so we discovered well, we discovered the world is talking about Shit's Creek, which has won loads of rewards. But um, a group of writers that I've been zooming all through lockdown said you have to watch it, and. I don't know, maybe maybe eight episodes through the first series, I was thinking, really? And I only plodded on to have something to talk to them about. But then by series two, I'm just completely... Richard and I were, you know, you say I was crying with laughter. We actually were crying with laughter last night. So that was episode one of series two. OK, because I've, I've, again, I've only done the first episode <laughs> and I thought, yeah, it's quite funny, but it's not... It's not what is, everyone, what is everyone raving about? Why yeah. is it winning all these awards? But the answer is you have to watch a bit more, probably, as you say. So uh, maybe I need to go back and, and, and do a bit more homework on that. Um, but also, literally in the last couple of nights, I've discovered black books, which oh. people had talked about. So there's topical for you. And mm. I thought, well, come on, I'm doing talking books with Tim. I've got to watch this. So again, if you don't know that, because I think it was a little bit sort of recherche on channel four or something and it's written by um graham lynham who wrote father ted and the it crowd both of which i've totally adored again really laughing even at the, you know that thing where you sort of clutch one another and going but what about the bit when you know yeah. and uh, i've loved it yeah I, I i'm a big fan of black books i mean obviously it's set in a bookshop so I kind of <laughs> You would, wouldn't. Oh, people that always, can make it people, worse. People always say, people always say, you know, um, have you have, have you seen black books? I said, yes, I've seen black books, and no, I'm not like Dylan Moran at all. It's okay. Uh, uh, I haven't <laughs> You're much a, cleaner. I haven't got a bottle of wine and a cigarette going behind the counter, and, uh, <laughs> and I'm not rude to my customers. I hope, uh, and so, but it, it is very funny, and uh, it made Bill Bailey a star as well. I think uh, it, it's 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 wonderful, and um, and Tamsin Gregg, of course, who's who's very funny in it. So it, it is. A, it is a. It's probably quite an acquired taste, black books, because um, it is quite slightly surreal humour, I think. But uh, but I loved it. Yeah, I think so too. And and I'm not sure about Bill Bailey because he's a man of many talents now. So he's yeah. doing really well on Strictly Come Dancing, and it was because of that that they mentioned black books. And I thought. Oh, I didn't know he was in it. Yeah. So, but he's also he's also quite an expert on birds as well. He's bird watching books. Apparently, he um, is. And music, he does all sorts of strange oh, musical music, yeah. stuff. So, a man of many parts. Yeah, a Renaissance, a Renaissance man. A Renaissance man who has not seen a pair of scissors in many years. <laughs> no, he's, I think I think he's the sort of person for whom lockdown hairdressing was actually made. Really, yeah, <laughs> gives him an excuse. Just something that just occurred to me actually oh, yeah. talking about you. Be all that time sailing, and you missed up, missed all. Oh, yeah. the, uh, did you ever see Howard's Way? Do you remember yes. back in the yes. back in the was it the eighties? It was the eighties. It was the early eighties. It was about eighty one, eighty two, or something. Uh, yeah, I think it was earlier than that was, because I think that. I was still teaching, and I used to watch it on a Sunday evening up yeah. in Harrow on the Hill and be yeah. nostalgic for Bursledon, well, where it's set. I watched it as a student, and it was a, it was a, it was um, cult watching. I think at the yeah. time it was was so over the top and uh, ridiculous that it was. <laughs> it, it was but great. so so, and it's funny you mention that because. Um, when Richard and I were, we, we lived on a boat for five years, if you don't know. Um, and we actually took a DVD 
DVD of Howard's Way with us. So we would actually watch it. And it was just so strangely hilarious but comforting mm. because it was Burzeldon and so on. But I don't know if any of you saw the BBC did a series called Triangle. And it wasn't on for long. It was Larry Lamb and Kate O'Mara. And it was probably the funniest thing I have ever seen. And it was about a cross-channel ferry. And they were trying to do it as though it was a, like a luxury liner or something. And there was one memorable scene where Kate O'Mara was sunbathing on the front of this cross-channel ferry. And you could see the goosebumps from even where the camera was. It was so funny. So, Tim, I've mentioned film, um, and while that music was playing, we've discovered that neither of us have actually watched many. Well, it's been, of course, we haven't been able to get out to the cinema, so you tend to be it only what you can watch on Netflix or something. Um, although, I suppose you can, you can, there are other ways of getting hold of film. Um, listeners, you won't know because it's radio, but I'm sitting um, resplendent in an Icelandic sweater called a Plutolopi. It's 100% Icelandic wool. And honestly, it is, I've always just loved it ever since the killing and wanted one. Um, so Rich and I have bought one for each other for Christmas um, because they are like heirlooms. Um, but it is the most remarkable thing because you can even wear it out in drizzle or snow and it's forgiving, it's breathable, it's wonderful. So inspired by the fact I'm wearing it, I re-watched a film that we saw at New Park Cinema recently called Rams, which is by um, a wonderful uh, Icelandic director called Grimur. And it's about two brothers who haven't spoken to each other for 40 years um, and they're sheep, they each have flocks of sheep but a nasty disease comes in so they have to then deal with it I mean you can imagine it's but you see what I love about everything Icelandic is that we think it's tragic but they would say definitely it's tragic comedy and I'm happy to say that I obviously have a similar quirk where I was laughing for a lot of it till it you know it does get genuinely quite dark but anyway so that's my that's my one contribution to film okay well I, I'm going to talk about the Peanut Butter Falcon, which is my one contribution, which is a uh, American film, and it's about a young man with Down syndrome who escapes from a, a, a sort of assisted living place where he's he's basically been living with with lots of old people uh, and very uncomfortable and not happy there. Uh, and he's got a very devoted social worker that's that is looking after him and coming and seeing him regularly. Uh, but anyway, he decides to escape, uh, and he escapes from this facility and goes on the run and ends up. Uh, being bef befriended by a, a fisherman local, this is set in in the sort of bayou somewhere in the in the deep south, um, uh, who is also on the run uh, because he's 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 done some something bad. Anyway, so the two form a sort of bond, and they have they do a sort of road movie, being chased on the one hand by more bad people who the fisherman has done harm to, and the social worker on di in different ways. So they're on the run on the escape, and these two different groups try to find them, and of course. Uh, and is it present day or yes present day okay. yeah it's it's a, it's a it's a very it's a very warm hearted um story really okay really worth, worth watching and i think that's on netflix i think at the moment but you see what's so weird is that when we went into the first lockdown richard and i also paid for amazon prime and all this stuff because we thought we were not going out to the cinema and we've hardly used it yeah i think it's different if you have young children or something you'd probably Maybe. use it yeah. all the time yeah Yes, well, we talked about The Crown. Valhalla Rising is on 
iPlayer because although it's on BBC Four, we never get to see it at the time. So Valhalla Rising is set in Reykjavik and it's a CD kind of Reykjavik. So I'm not going to talk about that. But everyone has been raving about Queen's Gambit. Yeah. Um, have you seen it? Well, I've, I'm, I'm in the middle of it, actually. We're about, oh. I'm about uh, three episodes in. Um, it's great. It's fantastic. One of those, one of those uh, films with great production values, a bit like Mad Men or something. Uh, sorry, series like, uh, like Mad Men. And it, it is, uh, it's about a young woman who becomes a great chess player. Basically, it's as simple but as that. It just really. seems bizarre to me. So, yeah. why why is that appealing? Well, it's because it's done so well. I think okay. that's, that's the thing. It's 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 got as a great production values. It starts off in the in the fifties, uh, and I mean the number of these amazing cars, <laughs> amazing <laughs> buildings <laughs> that you see. Is it uh, American fifties? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, and so it, it's uh, it, it's really beautifully done. Really beautifully done. Well acted. Uh, well scripted. It's, it's, mm. yeah, I can see why it's been a huge success, actually. Oh, well, maybe I will give that a whirl. Definitely worth a go. Now, finally, I didn't know what to call this section because obviously on Talking Books, we talk really sensibly, I hope, about all the new books that are coming in or my recommendation of backlisted. Um, but I, so I've kind of called this reading as mild sedative because, again, in this sort of pandemic time, I really whether it's my concentration or what I really can't handle um deeply serious and worthy books so I'm going to kick off um with the book that I bought here last time I was in Olive Mabel and Me by Andrew Cotter and if you haven't seen um his videos I mean I'm sure everyone must have done because they went totally viral so at the beginning of the first lockdown he just randomly decided to film his two labradors and then Andrew Cotter is a really good sports commentator so he didn't totally um as he would for rugby or tennis or anything else so he knows all the phrases and so on and that made it so funny because it was genuine and not uh, comedic deliberately and totally was about the Labradors but I have you read the book yet I haven't, Tim? No, no. no well I would I would have to say I have given it to a friend as well uh, who also had one of the Labradors that I bred actually and I know that the places that really infuriated me will also infuriate her so if you have Labradors just hang in there because where it's funny it is intensely funny but he is extrapolating he knows and loves dogs very well but he doesn't really know labradors he's basing it all on his two and slightly pandering to everyone's view of all labradors are greedy i mean if he says it once he says it about 158 times and if you've had as many labradors as me you'll know it's like saying all men are greedy it's just nonsensical they just are not and you can train them anyway but he does go for the joke or or the dogs i've found men to be a problem i've tried (laughs) (laughs) but no they're dogs but honestly it is really funny and if you love mountains and scotland um and dogs uh you'll love it you'll really love it so yeah i still recommend it good well um book i'm going to talk about but recommended that i particularly enjoyed uh sort of i suppose you talk about as a as a, as a gentle books to to uh, that you can just really get into and enjoy mm. i've been re- been reading the mick heron series of books oh i love um, them starts off with slow horses i mean i've read i've read a few of them but they're kind of um 
spy novels with uh, very much tongue-in-cheek uh, and very much also um, with an anti-hero at their heart. I uh, see what you did there. That's your tie to spooks. Yes, my tie to spooks, exactly. <laughs> it's, um, Jackson Lamb has a, has a crew of, of misfits who, who end up having to, um, because, they've, because they've not been very good spies, they end up in a group um, where they are told that they basically have to get, they get, if they have to do the most boring jobs imaginable. But it, what actually happens is they end up with exciting things happening to them as well. <laughs> of course. Otherwise we'd have a boring book. But it's very, it's very gentle reading, so I would recommend that series. Perfect. Um, and I would also not recommend, and I never thought I would say this, I would not recommend The Sentinel, um, it's allegedly Lee Child with his brother, but I think there's an awful lot of brother and not too much of Lee Child in it because it's everything that um, I was sort of saying about, oh, I don't know, elsewhere, I can't remember. I was saying something about it's all the ticks, the mannerisms of something um, rather than, oh, I know, it was life on Mars and ashes to ashes. So everything that they sort of noticed was good about the first or in this case, that I don't know how 21st many. Or 22nd, Absolutely, it is. Yeah. it's a shed load of books, isn't it? Um, is just in there. So even though I love the Lee Child short sentences, um, he uses them sparingly. They're appropriate. It's when the action is getting really tense or exciting. Whereas this is just, it seems to be randomly thrown in, sometimes a one word sentence, and it, it's just irritating. Um, so I, I'm a bit sad about that, really. It is a shame because I think Lee Child is is one of the, one of those really underrated writers. Yes. People people assume that because he's he writes action stories that he's that he writes you know he's like Geoffrey Archer or somebody that is mm. renowned for not not writing particularly good English prose. I think Lee Child is does writes great prose. It's just not very. It's just quite different to to a Booker Prize winner. Very short sentences. Very pithy. Uh, very sharp, uh, well-plotted uh, novels. Um, if you haven't started read them before, um, the first one is called Killing Floor, uh, which was published about mm, about uh, in the nineties, sometime. A long time. Um, and uh, they are they're cracking reads, really good. And if you want a book that really um, makes you shut out the world, then I really recommend early, early Lee Child. No, I mean, I'm with you there. And and also, well, I read that again when we were sailing if a storm was brewing up or something I would because not only does it comfort you but it is literally can't put it down and so you can get involved in it and I think The Killing Floor is the only one that he's written in the first person I think he was discovering Jack Reacher by almost getting in Jack Reacher's head himself and I think that's really clever. God I never spotted that. (laughs) <laughs> well, I could be talking ago. rubbish. It was a while ago. That I, I know. Read, so I, th- I, I think um... that's right. And then ever afterwards, it was like the close third. Yeah. But I agree with you. And when I'm teaching um, creative writing, I so often use Lee Child as an example of perhaps more Booker Prize winners should write sentences like him. Really yeah, there's, ne- there's never a, an, an excess adjective or uh, a sentence with too many clauses. There, there is, yeah. it, is, it is good writing. That's compulsive. How about you? So what else have you got? Well, I've been, at the moment I've been reading a bit of, a bit of history, actually, because uh, I always like to keep, keep my mind ticking over with different things. And I've come across this book, which is called The Shortest History of England by James Hawes. Now, some of you may have read his History of Germany, which was, again, 
very short. It was only 250 pages, the whole history of Germany. This is a little bit longer. It's nearly 280, I think. Oh. Uh, but it's, the, it's still pretty short. It's still pretty short. And it's the, it says it called itself the shortest history of England. And uh, I think it's, it's very good, very, very pithy. He's got, he's got his theories as to overarching theories, but he's basically looking at, at the England and the English and why we are as we are, um, going back to the Romans and going the right way through to, to Brexit. So it's a kind of it's a it's a very condensed history, but um, he does so he doesn't go into the detail of of how the Armada, for example, was uh, was fought off in, during the um, it, in fifteen whatever it was. He he, but he t- it all the events that that obviously happen in our history are included in it. But they just he just he looks for themes and tries to to do that rather than telling you every fact that happened in the in the last. Um, so it's not like 1066 and all no, that. No, it, but it is, a, it is a chronological history of, of, of England. It's not doesn't go into detail. And Sorry. thematic. I like the sound of that. Even I could cope with that, possibly. I mean, school put me off history for life, probably. But, um, yeah, I look forward to that. Well, maybe report back on it next month or... I will. You know, January. So we're coming to a close now. The Darjeeling has gone. Um, Next month, we've got Kate Moss coming in to talk to us about The Winter Ghost, which is my backlisted choice. And this week, her son Felix, an actor, is going to be reading an extract. So that will be nice. Instead of me garbling it, you'll have it read really nicely. Um, so, Tim, we must think of who we might invite for January as well as our guest. We must. We must. There's lots of, lots of exciting local authors, so I'm sure we'll find someone. Excellent. Until then, enjoy your fortnight and we'll see you again. Thank you. The Talking Books Cafe was presented by Susie Wilde and Tim O'Kelly and produced by John Wellsman. Hello, this is Hugh Bonneville. And finally, you and I have our own local radio station right here in Petersfield. It's our station, made by the people of Petersfield, and that means we don't just have to listen, we can get involved too. We can influence what Petersfield Shine Radio does, we can help it cover our interests, and we can tell it off in public if it gets something wrong. You make it shine. So join me and support the volunteers by spreading the wonderful news that Petersfield Shine Radio is here.